Hello, welcome to the first in a series of podcasts by GMO Scotland. My name is Robert McCarg, I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the charity. I'll introduce my colleague. Hi everyone, my name's Carla and I'm Head of Development for Achieve More Scotland. Achieve More Scotland is a charity based in the west of Scotland who last week celebrated its 10th birthday. Over the last 10 years we've worked with in the region 650,000 young people delivering free sport, physical activity as a means of engaging them. Over the last 10 years we have become more involved in a wide range of issues and matters that impact on young people in the communities in which they live. We work in some of the most deprived communities across the country and through our engagement with young people we become aware of involvement in the criminal justice system, issues such as homelessness, holiday hunger, unemployment, lack of access to employment generally, young people have views and opinions of things like mental health, and we have looked to expand our services to support young people and respond to the matters which they raise with us. Over the course of these podcasts, we hope to discuss a number of these topics and they will, be, they will involve young people, uh, they will involve our colleagues uh, who work for us, they will involve our partners, corporate and otherwise. And we hope that you who are listening will get involved by making comment on social media uh, whether uh, you agree with our views or not. Uh, it's always important to, to share those views and uh, we will continue to offer uh, the best services that we can, expand those services to more young people and to share our views and opinions on a wide range of topics. And I'm excited. I'm excited because this means this is just another platform for the young people that we work with and we represent to have their views. Even though some of them might not even listen to podcasts, I just think it's a really good platform for them to come and chat and have these conversations and also so important for people that we work with and that goes from politicians to people that support us and to just know what young people think and how much they enjoy our services and how much they're a part of it Um, and you never know Robert we might be asked to be a continuous hosts for this podcast this could be the start of another career for us The most important thing is that it's another voice, as Carla says, it's another voice for young people and with young people, most importantly, to be honest with you, who wants to listen to a guy in their 50s talking about youth issues? (laughs) I'm sure you would rather hear it from young people themselves and those uh, on the ground working with those young peoples. We don't only want to discuss the issues, we want to look at the solutions and how other organisations, our partners and hopefully future partners can work together to improve the opportunities out there for the young people in this great city and the local authorities that surround it. So welcome and enjoy uh, the the discussion that will take place. Enjoy, thanks. Fabulous intro. What would you like (laughs) to talk about? Well, this was an interesting one because we were we were asked by Luna and Chris to kind of put a, an agenda together, won't we, of things that we wanted to chat about um, that are relevant right now and things that we've heard young folk th- talk about to us and our youth workers. We've got we've got to mention Brexit. The B word. We have to. It's 
It's imminent. Well, apparently so. Yeah. We don't know. It's 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 obviously vital uh, to to have an understanding of how Brexit is going to impact on this country, on the young people we work with, and on us as a charity and the services that we offer. I know, uh, being the parent of a couple of teenagers, that they ask me quite often, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening with Brexit? Yeah. Uh, and like most people, uh, I don't really have the answers. But I think what's most important is that we have the conversation. What are the potential implications for the young people and the communities that we are working in? Uh, to, uh, to how will they be affected, either positively or ne- negatively, if and when Brexit actually happens. Most definitely, and I think the big thing for, for young people when we're speaking to them about it, you know, we're not setting a formal agenda and when we're up at the football or when we're chatting to them through Empower Me, for example, but their questions are so relevant and so important. They just ask questions, you know, what does it mean for me? I didn't even know what it was and then all of a sudden I'm being told that it's going to change my future of who I am and who are the mark I can make in Scotland and all of a sudden I don't really have a choice over what my future is and to hear young people go from not being that involved in politics to then all of a sudden asking new questions as a youth worker you kind of have to do your own research as well so you can provide them with the answers but I think the big thing for for the young folk that we're working with is one of the things they keep asking us is you know, will we get to still do all the European projects that you guys give us the opportunities to do? And that's one one big thing we keep saying is, well, we would love to keep doing it. You know, we're making huge effort to make long, long-term partners in Germany, Italy, Bulgaria and Spain through the work that we're doing just now in the hope that if anything does happen, we have the opportunity to ask them to apply for funds or to do projects on our behalf and we can still send young folk there. I don't think we can underestimate the impact of the opportunities that young people that have been involved with your charity over the last five years have had through the Erasmus Plus programme. And it is a big question for us, you know, how will this be affected? I think, Tracy, we have, we have tried our best to put in place a, a plan that will ensure that for the next couple of years at least we will continue in partnership with Europa Hoban and others to offer those opportunities for young people who are involved in our charity to, to experience living and working abroad, whether it's for a week, two weeks or for longer periods of time. And uh, with the same token, offer the opportunities for young people from mm. the other European countries to come and work with us and experience yeah. the incredible work that we do. Brexit is a bit more than the change of a colour of a passport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very much more than that. Uh, and uh, I think it will take us all uh, some time to really understand what the, what the impact uh, of the changes uh, will be. You know, will it be, as some people suggest, uh, a token payment every time you go into a European country if you are yeah. British? Uh, will it mean that we require visas? Will it require... Uh, the other costs or the, you know, uh, will it affect uh, how, how often uh, airplanes fly from, from mm-hmm. Scottish airports, mm-hmm. British airports, <laughs> you know, there, there are so many different things uh, 
at play here that, that, that we as a charity working with European partners need to understand so that we can share confidently and competently with the young people we work with uh, Definitely. The, the information uh, that, that yeah. is, is, is available. Yeah. And I was just going to say that I think when you're talking about so many different layers to Brexit, I think as a youth organisation on the ground, you know, we are able to to take young people on these amazing opportunities to go to Europe and bring other young people to Glasgow so they can experience what we do here as part of our youth our youth activities. The other thing about that is on the ground, Brexit also has an, a shadow over it with this fear that communities are maybe going to break down mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, you know, we're incredibly unique as an organisation. We have so many nationalities and cultures involved in our activities that there is a bit of fear from young people that xenophobia is going to come back, that discrimination and hate crime is going to come back because the far right are having such a big push on this Brexit agenda that we're also trying to establish with young people what we can do to to help support those views and and make communities more cohesive as we go forward. I think what's what's interesting is the work of the charity uh, in its early days was born out of some of that uh, xenophobia uh, and misunderstanding when when the Chief Moore eh, first began to, to, to look at delivering services there was an incredible influx of migrant families yeah. to this country, particularly to communities such as Red Road, which is alas no longer yeah. eh, the Kingsway area in the west end of the city. And a lot of the press that came along with the, the migrant families coming into the city and the country as a whole was very, very negative. Yeah. You know, here to steal our jobs, to use our NHS service, blah, blah, blah. None of that was further for the truth. But unfortunately, so many people took that in. And a, a lot of young people then heard these the, uh, these negative comments, they uh, read the negative uh, information that was in the paper, and believed it, and all of a sudden had a new enemy. Yeah. And what the league did in those early days was vital to... to, to, to breaking down some of those barriers and to integrating young people from migrant uh, families into the communities in which they found themselves living. And it has been incredibly successful and I think we take pride uh, in the work that we've done in the last 10 years to, to build up uh, a level of tolerance, to, to reduce the, the, the hate crime that, that, that was, was prevalent in, in, in uh, the, the, the mid-noughties uh, in, in, in this city. It's sad that we see some of that creeping back now yeah. just because of the unknown and because it was very, very uh, clear that, that some in, in, in the Leaf campaign used negative things about migrants to, to sell their message. Mm-hmm. There is another side to that as well. A lot of young people will say to us, well, what you have ever done for us? Yeah. You know, and I think it's important that we take the opportunity mm-hmm. to point out within the communities in which they live, some of them work and some of them play, that Europe has a tremendous impact. We take, for example, every Friday night we use Peter's Hill. Yeah. And Peter's Hill was redeveloped about 15 years ago with a contribution from European funding. Yeah. If that hadn't taken place, the original Peter's Hill and from mm-hmm. the state of district player was dilapidated, was going to have to close down. The reality was that would be a significant resource to the community lost. Yeah. You don't really need to look far from any of the communities in which we are active to see the impact of European support, European funding to improve facilities, to improve roads, to build uh, new mm-hmm. buildings. 
to support employers to take on more young people, to develop uh, more resources. And these are things that, that people tend not to see, but they are part of the everyday living within these communities. What will happen once they, they, you know, those resources aren't there? We don't know, but we've seen in recent times the impact in places like Sunderland yeah. and, uh, and the likes of Honda and Nissan uh, withdrawn. Yeah. We've seen other companies making yeah. uh, plans to move out of the UK. All of this will have a negative impact on the uh, jobs available and new industries uh, developing that will then take on people from communities mm -hmm. and train young people as a future workforce. These are the concerns for us uh, in, in this organisation uh, the, the, of, of, of one of the, the negative effects of Brexit. Yeah, yeah. And I think young people as well, possibly due to the news and the things that are seen on social media, Brexit te is tending to be a lot around, at the minute, around trade and business. That was a really good point when you're bringing up about the fact that, you know, everyday things that they possibly use, like Peter Sale on a Friday night. The other element to that is that money that comes from Europe and even looking back at the history of the European Union, how it was formed, peace was a big part to find peace after the, you know, after the World War and hope that that would never happen again. But time has, you can't turn back the clock. Things have happened now politically and in different countries and people become more segregated. We see that, you know, we're trying very hard to, to make sure that communities come together. Um, Thinking about when you first, you know, founded the idea behind Achieve More, would you say that you were saying that things are slowly coming back? Do you think that potentially it's getting worse? And do you feel that youth organisations now have, like, for example, like us, have more of a presence to try and solve the issues compared to when you first started Achieve More? I would say that I think youth organisations should have more of a presence, and I would hope that as uh, the, the, the local authorities, uh, in terms of their funding budgets become tighter, they, they see the, the value that the third sector organisations can have as a partner yeah. in terms of tackling some of the issues that they historically have been charged with uh, dealing with. Uh, the resources aren't there to the same extent, of course they're not, uh, we understand that, but if anyone offers value for money, it generally is for sector organisations. Yeah. I think, sadly, yes, is the answer to the first part of your question, Carla. We, I eh, have seen more negative eh, eh, opinions eh, from young people and from people in communities eh, about eh, migrants. Mm. Eh, and it's the things that we hear all the time eh, or, 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 yeah, about why don't they just go home to their own countries, you know, eh, these jobs are, 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 are for, for people in our communities. Mm -hmm. right. And the reality is, this country relies very much on migrant workers to ensure that we can deliver all the services eh, that, 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 that we delivered. I think another issue for me is the fact that the negative opinions eh, have led potentially, not necessarily in, in, in the areas that we're working in, but across the country to to a spike in, in hate crime and sadly eh, in certain parts of the country there's massive increases in, in knife crime which is 
devastating effects not only on families mm -hmm. but on communities. Uh, it also has a, a, a massive impact on resourcing, the yeah. police time, the court time uh, that these things take up. These all have, again, a, a negative impact on the services that, that uh, are available on a daily basis. They have a negative impact on things like the NHS, which is already uh, finding it hard mm -hmm. uh, to, to uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> spend uh, within the, the limits of the budget that it has. All of these things come from some of the decisions that we've taken uh, about Brexit yeah. uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. And, in terms of the, the last couple of years, sorry, the, the last couple of years, you know, we have seen an increase since Brexit, an increase in hate crime, an yeah. increase in knife crime. We have seen companies moving away, so it's harder for young people to get jobs. It's even harder for young people from minority ethnic backgrounds to get, to, to get jobs. These are all things that, that, that unless I uh, tackle positively and appropriately, over a period of time will have a significant impact uh, across the country. Yeah. And we've got young people have already asked a part of this podcast chain is if they can do a podcast based on the fact that they see and then being classed as BME young folk aren't getting the address or the employment or the opportunities that, or the agency that they deserve um, and that they feel they can make an identity here. So I'm, I am really looking forward to hearing their yeah, podcast. I think the other thing, when, it, when you're talking there about the cutting services, for example, and the impacts that's having on communities and what we're seeing in Manchester and London, and hope, you know, hopefully we're not seeing as much here in Glasgow, but you know, we don't know what's happening directly on the streets at the minute. We don't directly feed into, into police, for example. So, But we see, for example, if, if young folk and young men in particular are coming up and are possibly getting more involved in violence, we see gang-related violence. We know they're involved in potentially gang behaviour then we have almost the onus on us as a youth organisation to decide, well, how can we ha get young people their voice back again? Because I feel in the last three years, and this is beyond Brexit, that I feel like young people have lost their voice. Um, and it's very sad to see, particularly when young people who are faced with such adversity in their lives aren't getting the voice that they deserve. And as a youth organisation, we are trying to empower them so they can have that voice. Yes. And we're trying to figure out still how we can how we can use young people and give them the confidence and give them the abilities to be able to have that voice as well. Oh, definitely, most definitely. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of unknowns. There are a lot of unknowns, but I think one of the one of the clear uh, points is is the point that you made. That yes, for those young people living in areas of deprivation, uh, they they are becoming a less vocal eh, about a number of issues. I think sadly some many are shrugging their shoulders and saying, well this is our we just have to accept it. Yeah. And it needs organisations like us, as you say, to support them to have that voice to, to articulate their issues, their concerns. And I think that's important is, is, is to recommend, suggest solutions to a lot of these issues. These, you know, it, 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 it's a bit of a cliche, eh, and, and it's typical of a middle-aged man to say this, but these, these young people are our future. Mm -hmm. They are the future of this city, the future workforce, the future parents, potentially the future doctors, the future shop workers, whatever it may be. And we need to ensure that they are supported to, to, to take on these roles 
confidently to that they, they are the future uh, you know, councillors, elected mm -hmm. members of this city, to take on these roles appropriately, mm -hmm. uh, looking at the bigger picture rather than just yeah. um, you know uh, through 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 blinkers. It's a significant time coming ahead for organisations such as ours. Uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, we, we, as we said before, we do work in some of the most deprived communities in the city. Resources are getting tighter. We need to do our, our bit to support young people and these communities. We need to be that voice as well as give young yeah. people and, and communities yeah. that voice to, to, to make the case for improved facilities. Uh, for more facilities, mm -hmm. for jobs to come into local communities, we we, we need to argue on their behalf as much as we need to support them yeah. uh, to to to, yeah. to have a voice. Yeah, and I think you know we don't actually use this word, and we wouldn't use it in funding applications, for example. But hope, yes, hope, and allowing young people to realise that they have hope and that they can find something that matches their aspirations. You know, we, we did a really successful employability pilot, you know, the last two years. And, you know, I've spoken to you about this before, is I was shocked. I actually wasn't ready for what we found out statistically and personal stories and testimonies from young people that generally believe that they can only be something, whether that is um, never working, whether that is you know, just going to college and back and forth. And they use this word just, and I'm using it because they use it. I will just do this. I will just do that. And for me, there was there was no element of putting hope into their lives that they feel that they could go from just going to college, for example, and learning how to be an engineer, fridge engineer, and then move on to a one apprenticeship. And then in their late 20s, maybe if they wanted to go to uni, or even if not, they could go on and have a career. I feel that they constantly just feel that they're just in this cycle and they're just going to go round and round for the next 10, 20 years without anybody grabbing them and saying, it's okay to have a conversation, that you can be something. And it takes time, and that's okay. As we say, hashtag aim high. Yeah, definitely. And it is not only hope, but it's also belief. You know, it's about it's about instilling that belief in young people because for decades and decades in this country, young people have been told generally that they won't achieve. Yeah. That they, you know, they, they, they won't amount to much. That you know, this is their lot in life. And, you know, for some it might be working in a local corner shop yeah. or or uh, one of the the, the, the bigger stores uh, that you know they're probably uh, get married, have a couple of kids, stay in the same area uh, as, as, as their mothers and fathers mm -hmm. and their grandmothers and grandfathers did and, and that's a lot in life. We've had 10 years of seeing that young people have talent mm -hmm. and what they need sometimes is just opportunity and organisations such as us, not, 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 not exclusively us, you know, there are so many great organisations yeah. out there that can offer that opportunity to young people. That opportunity might be just to access and participate in sport and physical activity. It might be an employability program where they are actually learning uh, how to turn up for work, when yeah. to turn up for work, how to conduct themselves at work, and at the end of it, offering real opportunities for real sustainable employment. Because I think too many of the uh, young people that we work with have experienced uh, programs that don't offer that yeah. and leave them back as yeah. real one demotivated mm -hmm. and frustrated that uh, yeah. you know, people are right, this is a lot of yeah. life and we just need to accept it. And that's why we want to do the employability in the first place, don't we? Because we realised that 
we had young people coming to us and we had seen them for about a year, 18 months, going around this cycle of college, statutory provider, training course, college. But the regular thing in their lives was they turned up to our sites three or four nights a week. And, you know, we've done two years now. We've got 55 folk into employment or positive destinations and all of them are still in employment. 12 months on, they're all still in employment and they all feel that they can progress. Just, for example, one of the guys that we worked with, you know, he turned up to our sites, came every three nights, four nights a week in Springburn. And he just, he was like, no, I'm just going to deliver to my local Chinese. That's all I'm going to do. Um, and yeah, I'll maybe sign on when I turn 18. Yeah. And now what is now employed four days, five days a week, he's getting, they're putting him through his driving license. It's going to be a van driver. And that's just the start for him. Yeah. And in his words, I really didn't think this was my was going to be a chapter for me. It's incredible, and that, that, that's that's one of very, very many stories that that, that Achieve More uh, will share in the, the future podcast about you know, young people taking that opportunity and just emphasising that again. You know, as, as a charity, we, we don't say it's only because of us. Yeah. Uh, we say we can help open some doors, we can help provide those opportunities now is your chance to, to shine and show the skills and the talent that you have. And you know, one of the, 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 the biggest uh, piece of pride that I have uh, is uh, the, 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 the workforce yeah. that we have in this organisation. We have 16 young people who have come through this programme participants, yeah. been part of the volunteer programme, have uh, had employability support uh, and are then working with us. And they are active as those role models within schools and communities. And that work that you use, showing others that there's hope. Yeah. If he or she can do it, so can I. Definitely. You know, I want to be able to achieve more tracksuit, or mm-hmm. I want to drive for that company, mm-hmm. or I want to work for this construction company, or yeah. I want to work in this hotel. You know, And they're seeing that it is a reality. It's not some sort of distant dream because people that they play football with or, or dance with or, or a volunteer programme with mm. are actually doing it. Yeah. And you know, for me that that is that's the biggest success that that, that, that this charity has had. They is mm. and I think you know you've hit the nail on the head, you know, it isn't a word that we use in applications, eh? but it is about giving that hope yeah. that they and, and you've been able to back that up by by showing it's it's it's, it's incredible. Yeah. So for a ten for ten years, it's been a pretty good ten years. <laughs> it's been a, a tremendous ten years. I think we've all you know we've been involved for different periods of time, but uh, you know I think we've all as the birthday celebrations came and went last week on social media, we've all taken the opportunity to reflect on our, our time and the charity and our contribution to that charity, and it has been a significant ten years. And I think what's most exciting is that. We are only at the start of a journey. Mm-hmm. The issues won't go away. No. You know, Brexit will become clearer in the next couple of weeks, and therefore we can plan for future support for young people. We will know what that hopefully will mean for, for, for communities. We will know what it means in terms of a relationship with Erasmus Plus partners. Uh, we will know what it means for some of the individuals who work with us because we have young people who are worried about whether they're going to be able to stay in this yeah. country. You know, yeah. We will have a clear idea of what support they mm-hmm. need and what support we as an organisation can offer them. Uh, 
it's exciting, it's also worrying, it's quite frustrating, but you know, overall I think if we continue uh, along the, the, the road that we've travelled mm. the last 10 years, then yeah. we will be there to offer that hope, support yeah. uh, and, and you know, enhance the ambition of Definitely. people. And I think that'll put the, probably a nice one to, to end on as well. And I think one thing that attracted me, even I've been working now nearly three years for Achieve More, one of the things that really attracted me to the organisation was the fact that the young people have a journey that is just you know, dance, football, now cricket, gymnastics, okay. um, potentially tennis leads into employment, leads into them becoming, you know, people that they want to become. And the fact that they know that there's this journey is so interesting. And as an organization, we adapt with them. You know, we don't, we're not authoritarian in our approach. We don't say, okay, it's this, this, and this. We adapt who we are when the young people tell us what they want. Oh, and I think that's a sign of a, a, a proper a youth work organisation. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not set up uh, for the benefit of those who are employed by yeah. it. You're set up uh, for the benefit of those young people who access their services voluntarily. And we need to remember that you know, young people come voluntarily to these services. Yeah. We need to be responsive. In the last 10 years, a lot of the issues uh, and the agenda has changed. We have responded to that. We've also grasped opportunities as they become available yeah. to uh, the charity to enhance the, the services that, that we can offer young people. A lot of that based on the feedback that we've had from young people. So, you know, the most important thing for me about this charity going forward is that we continue to listen and respond yeah. to those who are involved. You know, we're now working with the wee brothers, the wee sisters, the yeah. wee cousins Just great. of uh, people who were first involved 10 years ago, the young people that we listened to them. And the reality is people come and keep coming back to our organisation yeah. because they know uh, that we listen and we react as best we can. Mm. We don't always tell young people what they want to hear. Mm. But we're an honest organisation yeah. and we will, we will tell them you know, uh, what we know, when we know it, and we will support uh, any developments that we can that will yeah. enhance opportunities for communities and young people in them, most definitely. Fantastic. I think we could probably go on for a few more hours, but I think we should probably cut cut, <laughs> cut it there, should we? But no, that was, that was great. So hopefully everyone's really enjoyed listening to, to us rambling on um, for, for that next while. And here's, here's the next few podcasts. We would like to hear your feedback uh, on uh, some of the things that we've talked about, your own experiences of uh, being involved in the charity, yeah. on Brexit, uh, on any of yeah. the things that we've touched on, and uh, just to know that uh, you won't appear on a future uh, edition of the podcast. Yes, please. That would be brilliant. Really look forward yeah. to that. So thank you thank for you. listening uh, to us and to uh, And I kept my accent the whole time, that's great. The one accent. (laughs) Thanks, everyone.